Welcome to the David Blackmore Show. Join me as we take a deep, refreshing dive into the most profound quotes of all time, made famous by some of the greatest minds throughout our history. Discover the positive forces that control human behavior, our ideas, and our beliefs. And learn how to use these golden mountains of truth to be wiser, healthier, happier, and more productive in your daily life. Life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Soren Kierkegaard, Danish philosopher, 1813 to 1855. He lived for 42 years and was considered to be the first existentialist. Why is it that whenever someone says, face the facts, you know you're about to hear something you don't want to hear? Probably because of a second cliche, the truth hurts. Nobody recommends denial, but nobody recommends procrastination either. And we're all prone to both. Denial is existential procrastination. But issues aren't scary when we know there are solutions. It's much easier to face harsh truths when we know there's a roadmap and that we'll come out the other side stronger. So let's look at some difficult realities and learn how we can leverage research to turn what looks like a pit of despair into a trampoline that will bounce us to greater heights. Sound cool? Cool. Let's go. Guess what? You're going to die. Cheery, right? You're going to die? We all know it, but we sure don't live like we know it. We act like there will always be another day, another year. And then we wonder where the time went, because thinking about death is scary. But many great thinkers, including the Stoics, strongly believed we live better lives when we stay aware of death. And science agrees, too. Thinking about death can actually be a good thing. An awareness of mortality can improve physical health and help us prioritize our goals and values according to a new analysis of recent scientific studies. Face facts. How much do you get done without a deadline? Well, we have one. The date's a little fuzzy, but rest assured, there is one. If we didn't have death, we'd all be procrastinating like, I'll get to that next century. You get about 30,000 days, and then you're done. And you've already used up a good portion of them already. Death puts life into focus. But we ignore death. So we lose track of what's important, of priorities, of the big picture, of what's meaningful. We even lose track of what's fun. Friends don't get seen and vacation days don't get used. We don't acknowledge that there's an end. And so we don't prioritize and we waste time and not even in ways that are truly enjoyable. Well, I think that's scarier than death.
In a study of 1,200 people aged 70 to 100, guess what the main lesson that older folks wanted to convey to all of us young people? Life is short. They want to pound this awareness into young people, not to depress them, but to encourage them to make better choices. The one thing that makes people different at 70 and beyond from younger people developmentally is a sense of time horizon. You become really aware that your days are numbered. Rather than being so depressing, people start to make better choices. It's not that we have too short a time to live, but that we squander a great deal of it. Life is long enough and it's given in sufficient measure to do many great things if we spend it well. But when it's poured down the drain of luxury and neglect, when it's employed to no good end, we're finally driven to see that it has passed by before we even recognized it passing. And so it is. We don't receive a short life. We make it so. So what should we do? Live a month like it's your last. Imagine you're going to move far away from your job, your friends, your family, your life as you now know it. When an end is in sight, we appreciate things more. Far from being painful, knowing there's an end makes life richer. Okay, my fellow mortals, we're doing the right things because we don't have limitless time. But what harsh truth do we need to face about those things and that time? Anything worthwhile will take more work than you think. We've all heard it takes at least 10,000 hours to be an expert at something, but that's incorrect. It's actually worse. It takes 10,000 hours of deliberate practice to become an expert. Deliberate practice means you need to spend 10,000 hours focusing on your weaknesses and pushing yourself to your limit to improve them. That's hard. That's really hard. Okay, but maybe you don't want to paint the next Guranisa or start the next Google. Doesn't matter. You're still going to face challenges that take a lot of time and effort. What's the thing everybody says? Marriage takes work and kids. As any parent will tell you, whoa, lots of work. When we look at the greats in most any field, it turns out they face this harsh truth head on. Most were unapologetic workaholics. Depressing, isn't it? To really excel in your career as a partner, as a parent, it seems you got to be a workaholic. So you're going to be stressed, miserable, and die young. Actually, no. At least not if you do it right. Not if you're passionate and engaged. Being passionate about something makes life richer right up to the very end. And if you embrace the challenges, you won't die young either. A study of 1,500 people from childhood to death found that the people who worked harder, they lived longer. Being laid back and not accomplishing much, oh, that's going to kill you. Admittedly, struggle doesn't lead to a happy life in the short term, but it leads to a meaningful life in the long term. But what if you haven't been blessed with divine inspiration and haven't found your passion? Well, Professor Cal Newpart says that the whole perspective is bunk. For the vast majority of people, you don't find or follow your passion, you build it. 
you spend a lot of time and effort on something in life, you can resent it and half-ass it and just get by, or you can commit to it, build it, jump in with both feet, and reap great awards. Don't tolerate your struggles. Embrace them. Direct them towards a goal and forge meaning from them. We all want to be happy, and right now happiness is mercurial and fleeting, showing up when it wants to. How do we get it to stick around for good? That's what we all want, right? To reach ultimate happiness and stay there. And that leads us to harsh truth number three. You will never be perfectly happy. We're always focused on the magic bullet. If I make money, I'll be perfectly happy forever. If I just meet my soulmate, if I just get that promotion, if I just, if I just, if I just, sorry, nope, wrong answer. There will always be discomfort and worries. Why? Very simply, your brain is not wired for perpetual happiness. In fact, it's wired against it. Natural selection doesn't want us to be happy after all. It just wants us to be productive in its narrow sense of productive. And the way to make us productive is to make the anticipation of pleasure very strong, but the pleasure itself not very long-lasting. But just because you never reach ultimate perpetual bliss doesn't mean that life is awful. Insisting life should be nonstop happiness is the surest way to stay unhappy. Work toward the good moments, except that there will be bad moments. Then go make more good moments. Okay, expecting to always feel good or that one magic event is going to solve all your problems is unrealistic. At least you can rely on other people to help you through the tough times. Well, kinda. People will let you down. Most of the secrets you told your best friend to never tell anyone got blabbed to somebody else. Sorry. And if you really want to make sure they don't keep a secret, make sure to say, keep this between you and me, because that makes people more likely to spill the beans. So, obviously, the proper response is to trust no one and keep all humans at arm's length, never getting close to or relying on anyone. Bad, wrong, incorrect. Yes, you're going to get screwed occasionally. Welcome to Earth. But in the long run, we come out ahead when we trust more, not less. And we're not talking about little secrets here. We're actually talking about big stuff like money. Did you know that income peaks among those who trust people more, not less? So trusting gets you more money. What should you do with that extra loot? Again, the answer is people. We're happier when we spend money on others instead of on ourselves. People will disappoint us. That's life. That's real. But despite that, we will do better in the long run when we trust and forgive others. Relationships are the number one predictor of a happy life. Without trust, you cannot be happy. So how do we manage? We can't avoid the occasional disappointment. That's impossible. Leading relationship researcher John Gottman says, It all comes down to ratio. For instance, five positive interactions for every negative one is what leads to a happy marriage. Do you expect people to be perfect? Are you perfect? 
No, I don't think so. And if anyone does seem perfect, we get suspicious. When anyone is that positive, we think something's fishy. Perfection, it turns out, isn't perfect, and pretty good is good enough. Let's round it all up and learn the biggest good that can come from the biggest pain. Number one, you're going to die. You have a deadline, literally. So focus on what matters and make sure to celebrate the good times. I'd rather have a shorter, awesome life than a long, lousy one. Number two, anything worthwhile takes more work than you think. Ever screw around an entire Sunday not truly having fun and not truly accomplishing anything? And then you say, what the heck did I do all day? Well, you don't want to be saying that about your life. Embrace the challenges and find meaning. Number three, you will never be perfectly happy and you don't need to be. Insisting on complete happiness is the surest way to stay unhappy. Be grateful for what you have and gently reach for a little more. And number four, people will let you down. You're allowed to insist others to be perfect the day you become perfect, which is never. People will cause you problems, but they're also the biggest source of happiness. Five to one is plenty good. Life is challenging. Living in denial just means you're going to be blindsided more often. You don't have to kid yourself that the world is perfect in order to be pretty happy. We hear a lot about post-traumatic stress disorder. What we don't hear about as often is post-traumatic growth. Yes, some people experience pain that follows them for a very long time. And that's very few people, actually. But more often, what does not kill you does make you stronger. Avoidance perpetuates pain. We cannot fix the harshness we do not face. But when we address issues, we grow and live better lives. Maya Angelou put it best. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor and some style. Please subscribe on iTunes and share if you enjoyed it and found it useful because this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.